Yes, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. This is our Monday edition, We the People podcast, broadcasting from the Central Coast of California. And uh, we inhabit the North County of San Luis Obispo, Atascadero, Templeton, Paso Robles, Creston, Santa Margarita, uh, direct access to Morro Bay, uh, the beautiful coast. It is hot here right now. It is uh, over 100 degrees, and, and it's like a, a muggy hot, too, today. Um, so what well, I'm here with my wife. This is our Monday show, our Monday special. Uh, me and my wife, uh, co-publishers at 13 Stars. Uh, Haley runs the business. I run my mouth. And... <laughs> So, uh, you know, I'm very, very happy about uh, where things are at right now because we are moving forward. We are taking steps into um, into producing um, a media company that you know, can can stand on its own, can give a voice to uh, its own public, a voice to its own community. And we are here to uh, to make communities better through communication. That's our that's our company philosophy. Of course, the theme of the show is kitchen table talk over the grill of cancel culture because we, as honest and truthful people, are um, we are target on our back, and they are coming for us, and we know it. Um, not that we say anything um, controversial either. We're like. So it's like, oh well, you know, like maybe maybe we're overselling our maybe we're overselling our ourselves here on on the danger we're in. You're gonna um, try to keep the microphone um, to the side so that it's not the shadow doesn't over um, come over your face. The, there's oh, a shadow that's coming from there's the. There's a point. There was a point to that. There's a point to that. You're trying to stay in the shadows. Yes. Come out. You got to come out of the shadows. <laughs> um, so. Uh, we are here. This is our, our Monday show. Me and my wife get on here, and we we uh, just practice the gift of gab that we've been given. Um, dare I say, from our Creator. There we go. Now now we're entering the cancel culture um, element, and um, so welcome, Haley. Uh, how was your weekend? It was hot. It was. Yeah. How was hot, hot was it? Um, well, we happened to live together, but hey, um, on Sunday it was hundred and. I want to say 14, 117, I think is what it said. 117. Something around that, yeah. Yeah. And then Saturday was, which is crazy for here. Like, Itascadero is never that hot. I mean, I think right. we've gone a few, I mean, it, it's over 100 a few times, but not yeah. not like that. And then Saturday was hot too. Um, I said the four boys, you know, and, and we didn't want to go to the beach this weekend just because Labor Day weekend. It's, it's going to be packed. Extremely ridiculously yeah. hot. Everybody's going to be out there. Yeah. We know, we know what that's like. And, so we did a lot of movies and pool yeah. time and outdoor eating and, you know, after pool time, which is nice, and Legos and we're, uh, the boys are really into Mario Kart right now, so we do that in the evenings um, and throughout the day, sometimes on the weekends, um, but um, no, it was nice. It was a nice, relaxing weekend. Um, our team is off and ooh, um, for the most part for Labor Day, which is nice, and now we're here. Yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah we are. Um, How was your weekend? My weekend was good. I, I am going to say that 
we need to scoot your chair either this way a little bit. That that shadow is coming over your face. It's going to be um, not going to be a good look. Um, so, but but no, the, the microphone is the problem. You have to point the microphone this way. There you go. Be, there we go. Um, so that you don't back behind the light where you lose you lose the light. Um, Okay, so for those of you that are listening, this is also uh, live as well, um, which we don't have that up just yet. But it's will. not live, but it's not edited. This is not. This is no, no, no unedited. The, you can see us too. Like this is not just a. Vocal. This is on video. Yeah. Right. Right. So there is a, a video aspect to this. We yeah. have it on our our website and our YouTube channel, um, we the people cast dot com, um, and yes, this is audio and video uh, viewing pleasure for you guys. If you don't know, um, we look much better in person than we sound. So if you like the, what you sent, what you hear, then you're probably going to love what you see. So go on to uh, search. We, the people podcast um, at YouTube, or just go to our website. We, the people and click the links to get to where you want to go. Um, this is our fifth show. We are um, endeavoring and pursuing um, a new avenue of discussion with our community. Um, and the reason why we are here together on Mondays is to kind of set the stage, set the tone for the week. Um, it's been a particularly interesting um, year. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, with everything that we've gone through, uh, we are looking forward to um, really making a great uh, end of the year, end of 2020, uh, we're going through the last few months of an election cycle, which which we have decided that, and we had decided uh, a couple weeks ago, that I would join um, the election um, campaign uh, for city council for our city, Atascadero. And um, that has already been interesting, um, but it's it's something that, you know, with everything that is going on in the world, everything that's going on in California, uh, that I feel and, and we f we felt this is this is the right thing right now, and and so I'm going to I'm running for city council in Atascadero. There's uh, basically an open seat uh, with no incumbent. Uh, Roberta Fonzi um, gave many years of her life to uh, the the uh, to a, the city council of Atascadero. Mm -hmm. Um, served at times as mayor um, during the rotational cycle, and um, had had decided that this would that would be her last term, um, leaving that seat open. And so, um, we feel it's very important um, that we fill that with a uh, a member of the community that can uh, can bring a strong voice for sensibility um, and and purpose for our community, and. Um, for that information, if you're interested, you can go to atascaderostrong.com to read about, you know, why I'm running and all that. So we can just leapfrog over that, kind of touch base on that topic real quick. But uh, the, the bigger picture, um, as well as the is the larger election cycle. Um, so what are your what are your feelings on that right now on on where that's at and that's going in terms of uh, the general election? Well, I think that's a that's a pretty big elephant to try to tackle. But 
um, I think for us and, and being in the media business, it's um, it's been, I think, very interesting to watch the coverage, to watch how mainstream media um, gives information out to the public. Um, I've also been noticing, too, that since, you know, COVID and the shelter at home, um, that it seems, and, and I'm, I'm still kind of doing my own research on it, but it seems that people are doing their own research now a little bit more than they have in years past, um, which is nice to see. Um, so they don't take everything at face value. Um, we pride ourselves in the newspapers to make sure that we're trying to give information that is neutral and that's just the facts. Um, and then, but it allows you to go and do your own research as well. Um, so hopefully we're introducing something that can entice you to, you know, go online and, and look into it deeper. Now, now online, and that's kind of why I hesitated saying that, is that online is an issue in its own self. Um, uh, I, was inter I was just talking to Nick a little bit ago, um, you, <laughs> yeah, about, um, I was getting ready to post something for Labor Day. And I like to put, you know, some kind of history and things like that up when we, when we, when we put something online. And, um, and so when I first went to look up Labor Day and some of the dates from Labor Day, I have a couple of sources that I always go to, um, but I wanted to see what first popped up. So when you go on, um, on Google and you type in Labor Day, you have all the mainstream medias that pop up, you have Wikipedia that pops up, and it wasn't until page two um, or at the very bottom of page one, possibly first of page two, is the U.S. labor, you know, of, of the U.S. government. And I, I try to go to, you know, those types of websites that have to be confirmed and, and they do their research and their history. And granted, I mean, like we've talked about before, I, I do, I have, I, I'm skeptical about all information that I find on anybody's website. Um, but obviously the U.S. government ones you would, you would hope are, you know, more legit than you know, um, New York Times or CNN or, you know, somebody else that, that has a, an agenda or a narrative that they're trying to fit. So they mold it into that, whether it's Fox News or any of them, they all have an agenda that they're trying to fit. Um, and when, like I said before, when we try to put something out or when we do put something out, we do our, our very, very best to just give the facts. And then also uh, source the, the sources that we find as well. Yeah. And, and we don't tackle uh, generally national news um, at the Atascadero News of Paso Rebels Press that you are, are managing um, and running. We don't, but we have. We, but we'll, and, we'll and post. Recently we have been. Um, we've covered the U.S. Postal Service, um, human trafficking, the U.S. Marshals, um, and finding the 39 kids. Um, we do, obviously. But that, that is, we, we, yeah. we publish that information, but Correct. we're not producing that information no, that's what i mean yeah. you know by by tackling that yeah. you know we're not necessarily um you know we don't have a washington we don't have um, boots on the ground no correspondent no you know we have yeah we are we are getting the information so when we do get the information we do publish it we want it to be um not as skewed Correct. by mm -hmm. um you know a, a narrative that is being put out there and it it is not unknown it is not um something that is in kind of, kind of conspiracy theory at this point that that m newspapers and media companies are taking positions on topics and and driving mm -hmm. their oh, yeah. their position um and the uh 
you know, Joe Rogan and, and Matt Taibbi, um, that we, we watched a little bit of, uh, that podcast. They talked about that, um, kind of in depth that, um, that it, and, and we're trying to figure out why, and it has a lot to do with clicks. I mean, it has a lot to do with the fact that that news has, has the, the ability for information to get out there to the public has become almost instantaneous. Um, that has its uh, problem of its own, um, but it also means that um, the the value that is assessed from a particular um, a particular storyline is one that is is valued by how much traffic it has right. has done mm-hmm. instead of how much value it has brought mm-hmm. to the the community and and I think that we can. Um, we can affirm that, you know, our standards and our, our core values are in what makes our community better, not trying to be the best or the, the most traffic site. Uh, we have continually, you know, told the team, do your job and the traffic takes care of itself on mm-hmm. our end. I mean, we're, right. we're, you know, one of the highest traffic sites in the area and the most, uh, the highest traffic site, news site in uh, the North County. But that's because we just do our job and... We're not out there looking for clicks. We're we're still producing a, a weekly newspaper in print, and that value and what we're putting in that um, as a record of of what it is that uh, the community record in print is something that we value. And you you've certainly taken that under your wing over the last um, in 2020 and made that um, your priority. Tell us a little bit about that and and what it is to lead a news um, publication in 2020. Well, I think that's hard to explain, um, but uh, only just because of COVID. Um, I think for for this year, we when we walked into 2020, it was a much different vision that we had of what we were doing. Um, it was interesting. I went back just recently um, to, we, we do a, a company letter that we put out in January that we send out to all of our advertisers and our partnerships and just said, you know, we're going into 2020 with 2020 vision and we were excited about what was happening. We had purchased the newspapers in September of 2019. So we were, you know, we about six months under our belt or four, five months under our belt. Um, we were getting into some kind of routine. Um, it took, it took us about a good four or five months to really clean up um, the books and everything from the the publications that we purchased and really get some good systems in place and switch them over to our systems. And so, you know, by February, we had a very different idea of how 2020 would play out. And by March, when we were shelter at home and all of our team had to disperse, we had um, everybody working from home. We had one person here. or actually two people we had, our editor and our administrator both here. Um, and then we ended up having to furlough and then lay off. And it really came down to where we had, you know, there was five of us, you know, and, and um, you down know, from nine. Right. I think we were at yeah. And, and even, I mean, we were at nine, but we also had a ton of freelancers. Right. And at that point, I mean, we, we went from, from nine full to and plus, you know, at least 10, regular freelancers to five five yeah. people that ran all of our publications um 
And so with that, we really had to take a look at every product that we had, every system that we had. Um, and I think that's where you and I sat down first and said, okay, so what's important right now? What's important to the community right now? Because a lot of things that we cover are events or you know programs that are happening or uh, sports or you know school activities and all of that went away so and not only did all of that go away we were all now at home with this unknown virus in the air we had our kids at home doing distance learning you know so for us you know i think you know we had to pull it back and and really just know for ourselves so what would be important for us to read right now what as, as members in our community and as parents and as just people, what's important for us to read right now? And, um, and so that, that's really what's kind of set our, our progress forward. Um, and then, you know, thankfully by May, we started seeing some pickup again. And, and then that's when we branched off and, and you went more on the digital side and the special projects. And then I took over more of the, the day-to-day operations with the newspapers. And, and really for me, what, what I try to focus on, and I, and I said this in our pub letter last week, is that um, when I look at the stories that come in, it, it's, it's really important that what we put in print is something that we'll be proud of or, or want to read in 20, 50, 100 years from now, because it's a, it's a part of the record, it's a part of the historical record for Atascadero, Templeton, and Paso Robles, so, and, and San Luis County. So when we put these stories in, um, and, we, and, we, and we do a great job with the amount of coverage that we do as well with a very small but mighty team, and, and we put these things out, we have a lot to choose from, which is, which is pretty cool. You know, we have you know, the county stuff, we have the local stuff, um, we, we don't put anything on the front that wasn't written by one of our writers, we don't do any press releases or anything like that that goes on the front. We always do good news on the front, we always make sure that it's a nice happy photo with you know, people and, and, and you know, there's, there was a lot of times where that could have been hard to find, but we found it. We found it every time, you know, even through COVID, it would be a business, you know, that was thriving or that, you know, changed their business model and things like that. And so those are the things we, we really want to focus on the community. We have been focused on the community, um, what the businesses are doing to stay resilient and functioning and, and open as much as they possibly can. We've done stories on the, the poor salons and barbers that have been open and closed and then opened and, um, and all of these restaurants that have done tremendous things <laughs> with their delivery systems and, and um, you know, Odyssey out there, resilient as heck. And, and, you know, even from the first day that we were in shutdown, they said, you know, we've done, we've, we've, we've gone through hard times before. We're going to do this again. And they did, you know, right. and, and they were We saw Steve Gregory that. out there out front of, uh, and he's uh, married yeah. to one of the owners of Odyssey and, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Don Gregory. And uh, yeah, he said, you know, we'd, he, he related it to, you know, past Robles um, going through the earthquake. Right. He said, you know, we've, we've seen, we've seen trouble before. This is, this is something it's, it's something we'll deal with right. and, and keep going. Um, and that was, that was pretty early on in, mm-hmm. in everything, you know, restaurants were coming back open and, and, you know, it was maybe, maybe it was April, something like that. Um, you know, a few weeks in six it was weeks, a few in. weeks in. Yeah. Um, and you know, Frank Meacham walked up, mm-hmm. um, n- neither of them had masks on both of them. Um, you know, have have lived long lives um i don't know if you know how old either of them are but both of them have lived long lives already neither of them had masks on shook each other's hand walked into the restaurant um now pastor robles um you know is the leader in COVID cases for for san luis obispo county um but they you know as far as um being resilient and and getting through this i mean there's 
you know, maybe uh, just jog away from from that topic mm -hmm. um, and going into you know the the maybe the philosophy of, of what you're doing now in terms of running the the news business. Um, you have two newspapers, um, two monthly newspapers that go out to Avila and Morro Bay, uh, two monthly magazines that, that circulate to uh, all the homes and businesses in Atascadero and Paso Robles areas of the whole North County. Uh, tell me about that and what that is um, as far as a, a, a daily job, a monthly job. You know, how do you uh, handle that? What is your focus? What are you out there doing? You laugh because I, I know all of this information or, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, no, it's not that it's, it's, it's more like, how do you put that into words? You know? And it, it's funny because, um, I, I read something on, on Saturday morning and, and I always get up before Nick and the kids and, um, and it's, it's my like quiet time. I've been doing that for a very long time, but I, it really kind of set in when COVID hit because of anxiety and a bunch of other things, but um, it's now just my routine and I get up, I get a bunch of stuff done before seven. Um, but anyways, I digress. But on Saturday, I was reading something about um, moms and, and moms that work and especially during this time because now our kids are back in school and distance learning and, and wearing all these hats. And, um, and it was interesting to read some of the comments that people had written into her. And I, I know I'm not answering your question, but there's a lot of hats that women wear in a family. There's a lot of hats that men wear in a family. And I don't think that either party is given a lot of credit for what it is. It's almost like, if you don't give me this type of credit, then, then there's something wrong with it. I, I like being a mom. I like being a wife. I like being a business owner and, and for all different reasons. Um, I was a career woman before we you know, endured into, into these businesses as well. And, and I liked that aspect of my life as well. Um, but so to, to talk about on a daily basis what it is to run these publications, it's, it is a juggling schedule that I love. I, I love looking at the stories that we're going to put into the magazines. I love understanding that there are hard times and there's people that are resilient through these hard times and they stay positive and they're excited about um, the changes and what could be they show that to the world but all of us know deep down we all question everything that we do right now it's nothing's for sure life has never been for sure before but this type of of what we're going through is so different than any any of us have gone through um i've read about it you can read history on it but and, and this will be history going forward but there's so many there's so many layers to what's happening right now that for me, just to sit back and understand that I'm a part of it is is humbling for sure. Um, so with the magazines, the magazines we're, we're always a month ahead. Um, so right now we're working on October because September just came out. Um, and October will be all of the editorial will be in by next Friday. Um, our, our layout designer he starts um, designing this Thursday, um, and then we send that off to the printer um, in a couple weeks. And then right after that, we jump on to the two life publications. Um, Avila Beach Life is, is a sweet paper. Um, the entire thing is written by the community members. Um, and, and they just, they love Avila. They're Avalonians. Um, it's this, <laughs> I can't say it any different. It's the sweetest paper. 
Um, and the thing is, is I just, I feel like when we came in, they, they, they weren't given a whole lot of love. They were just like, okay, here it is. And they kind of threw it in and it could have been even a, a monthly newsletter for all they cared. Um, but a year later, you know, the, the foundation uh, director, the community director, um, Rick Cohen, he emailed us um, just after this last one and said um, that Avila Beach Life just keeps getting better and better. It's a beautiful work of art. And, you know, thank you for everything that we've put into it. And, and so getting comments like that just, just make it that much better, you know, because we don't put a lot into Avila um, as far as like our own content. Um, right, right. It's all them. All we do is make it pretty. <laughs> And stick it on the pages and and mail it out to everybody for them and they get to tell everybody about the wonderful community that they live in and and they all have this um such a unique way of looking at life and, and i think it's just because they live on the beach i mean they live in a, in a tourist area that you could complain about the tourists but they just they know that the tourism helps them and helps their community thrive and so right. they've, they've accepted that and they're fine with that and so when the they kind of get it to themselves you know yeah. monday through you know thursday they do yeah. anyway so it's Right. And so they um, it, it's pretty neat that, you know, when when the tourism went away for a little while, you could see that they were so disheartened by everything. You know, they, they needed those tourism back, those tourists back. And and so that was pretty neat to still be able to be there for them. And and then moving over to Morro Bay, you know, we have a, a longtime writer, um, Neil, that's written for us. Well, has written for Morro Bay Life. Neil Farrell. Neil Farrell. Yeah. Um, has written for Morro Bay Life for quite a few years. Um, well, he came on with us uh, when we branched out with uh, Colony Magazine to Morro Bay. So we started mm -hmm. mailing Colony Magazine out to Morro Bay. Right. Um, and he came on with us then, and then he moved over to Morro Bay Life at, okay. that, at that point when we, we made that. Okay. So he writes for another local newspaper over there as yeah. well yeah. right now. Um, and so he, he stayed on with us. He writes a couple stories, but most of the stories that we get from there are county. Um, we have a lot of local um, people that send us things that we get information in. Um, we have two contributors that also have businesses in Morro Bay that write. So Morro Bay also is a really light one for us editorial-wise. So, so you juggle a lot of, of different moving parts, obviously, throughout six publications that are in constant operation and constant production mode. Cause once you mail one out, you're working on the next one already. Right. Uh -huh. Um, you've, you've got, um, in input streams coming from all different angles. You're organizing all this information. Uh, how do you decide what the focus is going to be? Um, and, and how to decide what to publish and what not to publish. How do you make those decisions? I think it just depends on the, the feel that we want of that particular publication of that month. I mean, if this this last one, so September, um, we partnered with the Chamber of Commerce in Morro Bay, and so there was a two-page spread on their candidates. So we filled in um, more about voting, where the voting polls would be, um, and stories kind of along that line, as well as you know the the contributed stories that we get from the writers over there. So. You know, I think especially during COVID um, and an election year, all of our themes that we normally would have throughout the year that are, are based off of events or, you know, schooling and things like that um, went away. So we did have to get very creative each month um, when something new came up because of the fact that we were having to change um, what our original theme would have been. So, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely is a lot of moving parts. It um, I feel like a lot of the feel of it comes from the editor because... It, it, I guess it's it's what I want to see when when it's printed. <laughs> so um, I think that probably goes with any publication. 
um, I think Paso Robles Magazine and Colony Magazine, it's a little different because um, it's not really, the look of it can feel like the editor, but the stories are really from the contributors and there's so many different ones. Um, but we're Morro Bay and Avila, it's, it's, they're so small that a lot of it has to do with me on those. Mm -hmm. And uh, as an independent media company, uh, giving a voice, uh, like you said, you're getting a lot of those contributors are, are writing from their community. They're longtime members of their community. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Neil Farrell has been um, a, a writer in the Morro Bay area for like 30 years. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's, he's so well known. Um, he has, he has a, a kind of a salty way about him, uh, which is, is very natural to, I think the Morro Bay, um, area. He's, he, uh, you know, in, in another life, he was probably a sailor on a, on a, you know, and, um, you know, he's very, very much, uh, a, um, an individual, a character all to himself, um, the other writers that we have in Paso Robles, um, Atascadero, um, being whether they have been there for a long time, like uh, um, well, Camille comes to mind in Paso Robles. She's a, a young gal in her early 20s, I believe, something like that, um, who you know grew up in a, in Paso Robles and um, has you know is just a, a child of the of the that part of the country. Um, and she's uh, she's has that character, so that, you know they speak to their their audience, and they speak from their audience. Mm. Um, and for me, like I don't know how you feel about it, um, but it it very, there's a parallel there in um, in what we are as a country. When when you have that kind of um, media outlet like like we have, where you can give a voice to the community that is of itself um, and is born of itself and and giving back to itself it has a it has a really um, uh, collaborative element to it that makes it just something that's just homegrown and hometown well I think that's I think that's why well I mean it's organic and that's I think that's the biggest difference um, so think that with the writers that we have the, the one thing that we've been able to really kind of stay true to is that everyone is is local and they've been local and if if they need information on how the community works because they're young or they moved away to go to college or whatever it was um, there's people to get them plugged in with um, what comes to mind is you know Connor, Connor Allen was our sports editor and now he is our community writer um, and he was writing a piece on colony days. So we have a plethora of really great <laughs> people within the community that we can get him plugged in with right away, you know, and, and so that he can get the history of uh, colony days and, and how it formed without having to go read anything. He can actually get this from the people's mouths that have been a part of it for many, right. many years. Um, and, and he's I think another that's, one who's homegrown and, yep. and grew up mm -hmm. here in Atascadero. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's what you were saying with Camille. Um, is that so Camille Camille is a freelance writer for us um, and she she was writing one or two stories here and there um, and then during the um, the shelter at home uh, shelter in place whatever it's called um, 
she picked up the city council and the school board for us in Paso, um, which has been, uh, she's been doing a really great job at that. So we had two very young um, journalists covering our, our city councils and school boards, and, and both of them did just a phenomenal job and, and continue to learn and continue to, to flourish in, in that area. Um, the nice thing, obviously, with Camille, I think, is what you were trying to say, is that so Camille's going to do the piece on Pioneer Days, and I said, you know, do you, do you need me to get you plugged in with anybody? Do you know of anybody? And she's like, oh, no, I know this person, this person, this is my fr- father-in-law and this person. And so she named off all the people that we knew that had been a part of the Bean Feed and Pioneer Days right. and, you know, in downtown. and, and Have so lived she, it, have grew right. up, grown up yeah. with it and, and are a, a part of the reason why it exists today right. and, and why it has a particular flavor it has today. And, yeah. and that's... Uh, that. You know, to to think about every every city, every community um, in in the world, they all have their traditions, their stories, and um, and you know, we we are very fortunate to be in a place where the community that uh, that advertises in these publications is the same community that appreciates you know what those traditions mean to the mm-hmm. community and are a part of them, and and so many of them. It's so surprising. Um, when you look at, at some of our advertisers, that they are also the members of the nonprofits and the Lions mm-hmm. Clubs and the the Rotary Clubs and the and the All of them are, and yeah. the the yeah. um, the Pioneer Day Committee and the the Colony Days Committee and and they're they're a part of of putting all that back together. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been it's it's I've been very rough on all of them. Obviously, everything has been canceled in 2020. We're we're looking at uh, in a modified. So we're, we're looking at a modified days. Uh, yeah. colony days. Yeah. Um, and so and it's not, say, so colony days is not canceled though. So right. They are going to do the parade. They're going to do a reverse parade, to where the floats and everything are parked on the streets, and then people can drive by or walk by as long as they're with their own family members. Um, but they're going to try something new to try to give back to people because, I mean, obviously nothing else has been able to happen. So they're going to try it. Um, Pioneer Days hasn't come out with exactly what they're going to do, but they did say they're going to do something. So I think they're trying to follow along the same lines of uh, Colony Days in some way to try to give back to the community. Um, you know, people are out and about. They're doing things. So um, they're <laughs> if, if you're in the North County, you probably have been to at least one of the car shows that they have every weekend. Um, they have a, a car group. Yeah, cruise nights. Cruise have nights, been, thank you. Yeah, that they get going together. Going weekly. They have, they, they rotate between Paso, Templeton, so Paso Robles, Templeton, Atascadero, and Santa Margarita, and then they go back again. Um, and so it's, it's pretty neat, or if they, if they do something for, um, they, they did a uh, special uh, cruise for uh, graduation. Um, right. So, so it's pretty neat to see the community come together. So I think that's, that's what, these committees we're looking at is that if, if they can do these kind of things, maybe they can find some way to be able to offer this to the community since everything else has been canceled. So, yeah, we, we we're all taking what we can get at this point, yeah. any right. little bit of, of normalcy and, right. and um, regular activity is, is what we are doing with each other and for each other. Um, as we get through this, yeah. um, all these, these uh, big sweeping, lockdown issues you know coming down from the state and um, that is uh, making for a very interesting uh, political atmosphere election cycle Um, you see a well you know i i saw a video of a guy who uh, 
was a former publisher of a newspaper and he was trying to give a, a anecdote for how people are or should expect things to go during um, a general election year, a presidential election year. And he was saying how his um, every four years as a newspaper publisher, he would get emails during the election year um, for people canceling because of what they wrote was um, was too conservative or too liberal. And as I've, I've been in the newspaper business here in, in the Atascadero Paso Robles area um, since 2012, and we would get that all the time um, that people would complain, oh, I love your newspaper, but it is too liberal or I love your newspaper, but it is too conservative. And it's like, you know, there's there's only so much you can do with that. How um, how have you seen that that balance or are you working on on anything surrounding that dynamic uh, as as you are working through the publishing over the past few months? We, we do. We, we've, we've, we've definitely seen the side of both, you know, where we get um, people that either write in. Well, we had one over the weekend that wrote in and said that she had canceled her subscription back in July, and um, she felt that the paper was really heavily based, um, one-sided, and that she really wanted it canceled. And, and how I handle those, and we've had a couple, you know, obviously you can't make everybody happy, and um, but I always like the feedback, so I wrote her back, and I, I had said that, you know, my apologies. It actually, it was my fault. I didn't cancel it all the way in the system, um, but that if she wanted to have a conversation with me to explain to me what that, you know, what the one-sided meant, um, I'd be more than open to that. Um, you know, so I, I try to always leave it very open with people because I, we know that we're not going to fit everybody's, uh, you know, idea of what the local paper should look like. We just try our very best. And and the one thing that I, you know, and I think I'll probably say this every time is that. Um, a newspaper cannot be judged off of its opinions. Like it, that opinion page takes up one page of the 16. Um, so it could be that we do have a columnist or somebody that writes, you know, that, that has a different opinion. I really like the differences of opinion. I like having different voices in the paper, um, especially in, in that section in the perspective section because of the fact that everything else, we try to stay very neutral to the facts, period. It's not somebody's idea or how it should be. It really is based on the facts. So having those different differences of opinion in the opinion section and in the perspective section, I think gives it that flavor of, okay, that's a different way to look at it. Now I need to do my research and find out, do I still feel the way that I did the first, before I read it? Or did that open my eyes to maybe the way that somebody else thinks about it? Right. Um, and so that, that's, for me, that I, I'll never change that because that I think that, that removes why journalism exists. I mean, there's, there's a reason that... There, there, well, it's twofold. The reason for me that I feel like with journalism is that journalists should go in with a clean slate every time. They should forget everything that they know because they're talking to that particular person and that's the story that they're going to tell and then they're going to base, base it on facts. For the opinion section, it can be the opinion from this one person. We, we try to get people that are obviously are educated and, 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 and actually have a reason to be in the opinion section. Um, but then well, I think that's a, that's one of the misconceptions about an opinion is an opinion isn't an opinion be based on the fact that you have it or we have it as a person, but right. it's based on um, an educated foundation and that that comes to a particular conclusion right where you know you get an opinion from a doctor that's based on a, a foundation of information that has 
has looked at a situation and given you an opinion on that. Mm-hmm. It's not just whether you like it or not, or your favorite color is blue or red. And that's now that's an opinion. It's the, so we're, we're in a, a place where the education, um, of, you know, really of America is, is in, that's probably, it maybe is one of the biggest revolutions that we're facing right now is education because everybody from a young age now has access to uh, social media and is having discussions on social media and how how to parse information or research information and not just take a large spectrum of opinion and try to uh, to deduce what meaning is from that and it, it's it's a challenge that we're all facing as a country uh, right now and then yeah. um, and so being a uh, a traditional um, multimedia company that is uh, dedicated to its local constituency, local readers who, as you just said, don't all agree and don't all want to hear it at sometimes. I mean, you know what? Oh, yeah. I, I want to hear like being, being that a, a newspaper is one sided, um, you know, you can't really be one sided, um, if you're just producing facts. So whether or not a fact is an accepted um, part of the discussion, and 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 it's it's very very difficult right now. And I think you you compound that difficulty by throwing in uh, a coronavirus pandemic, um, and then a um, a systemic, um, you know, uh, what would you call it? Um, a uh, not a conviction, but a uh, a allegation of systemic issues that need to be addressed, and how how exactly that's going to go about taking place, and and you have these perspectives that people want to want to advance based on their opinion, and if they hear a different opinion or a different fact, it it very much causes them to rethink what you know, kind of they're pushing as, as, as a source of information or a narrative. And I say, well, hope that. well, we, we saw that with, um, especially I think in the first eight weeks, probably eight weeks to, to 10 weeks of coronavirus, that there was a lot of, of talk out there as if this, as if the coronavirus was a hoax. I mean, we, and we saw that people were saying, this is a hoax. There's, there's, you know, um, a bunch of different reasons and they there was some conspiracy theories out there so when we would put out facts like you know this is how many cases were you know uh, tested positive in slow county in april and people would go on look into it deeper and and we had you know, and, and a lady who put on links to a, an obscure youtube conspiracy theory and so you have okay there's one perspective and then you have the other perspective, which is, no, we all need to wear hazmat suits and, and everybody should be locked indoors for the next at least eight months. And, and yet people early on before we really the it's interesting. The information that we got was that the it was it affected people with underlying conditions and elderly people. And that's what we knew early on. And that's what you know has has produced as a narrative mm-hmm. overall. Yeah. But you had people early on who were saying that. You know, we we need to all stay indoors until we get a vaccine. 
And like, okay, well, if you do that, everybody's going to die or, or something along those lines, like the the lines of production Mm -hmm. that are meeting needs of human beings. If those stop, we all die. Like that's the way the system works. And, and you can't just, you can't just automate everything all of a sudden and, and do everything by robots. That's not the way this is going to work. So there was, and those are kind of the two, you know, polar opposite, um, spectrums, spectrums that, that then we're, you know, we were putting out a newspaper and saying, well, here's, here's what happened in this area today in San Luis Obispo County today. Mm-hmm. And, and then those two sides and, and this kind of the spectrum in between are attacking that, that baseline fact, the factoid, here's, here's the information. So that's, that's been really difficult to deal with um, from a publishing standpoint. It has, but I think, I mean, we address that, and, and obviously we still deal with with issues on that. Um, we don't cover any more, um, like, the daily numbers, because people can find that on the Slow Ready website. Um, we cover if it's new, if there's an increase, if there's a concern. Um, but, we, I mean, we covered daily numbers for a very long time. We even had a full COVID page that talked about resources and and places people could go for more information or, um, you know, direct contact with the, um, the slow county, you know, public health. And, and so I think from there, um, once we kind of got into, I think it was probably June, and we were, we were getting, you know, we get a lot of comments and things like that. We put together a publisher's note that said, these are the facts. We get the facts the same place that you can get the facts. We just publish them. And Dr. Penny Bornstein is this type of medical doctor. And it, it really just directed people to say, okay. And, and, and actually from there, it, what stopped kind of some of those comments was the rebuttal in our, in our editorial at the very bottom that would just say that fact again and, and have that publisher's letter. We, we published that every week in the newspaper, just you know, uh, along the side, even if we have a bunch of COVID in there or we don't have COVID in there. Because it is information, and, and to go back to you know your question about how we choose the stories, well, every story that we pick, we want to make the community better. It's it's informing them, it's giving them information, it's telling them where they can go for more information, or it's telling them about their their um, their community members, you know, doing business or you know helping out um, a fundraiser or anything like that. So all of our stories that go in should have that focus with it always. I mean, that, that's part of our business model of everything that we do. We want to make communities better. So um, so with that, that goes back to, you know, how we cover COVID and, and how we give people the information. So, you know, again, we've talked about this already too. We're not going to make everybody happy. We're not going to cover everything that everybody wants us to cover. Um, we had people telling us that we covered too much of the protest. Then we didn't cover enough of the protest. We covered too much patriotism. Then we didn't cover enough patri- patriotism. So for us, we don't, we don't waver on that. We don't take community input that way we keep going the way that we're supposed to be going we try to do our very best for the community we cover what we feel is the best thing for the community um and we go from there and like you said we were to waver every single time that somebody said something we would never be consistent we'd never have a paper well and and like you said when you know when you got a complaint about being one-sided you were so well do you want to expand on mm-hmm. that? Do you want to talk about that? And so that you can listen and know, you know, and expand your horizon, right. your, your um, spectrum of understanding. And I think that's what, you know, why I brought up the two sides of, of COVID because that's just an example, but a person who believes that we should all stay indoors until yeah. 
there is a vaccine um, probably doesn't want to hear that it's okay to go outside and that you know masks are somewhat effective but not completely effective like and then they're like whoa that's not what i believe i don't want to hear that i want to cancel you know a, a source of information you know that is providing a lot of other information that is useful and and, and valuable to them but because they have this this a very um a very narrow um value on uh what they uh what they are interested in as like this foundational piece of information that everything else that argues with it is now some somehow uh, uh, you know they're able to dismiss it completely and I think that's that's a very dangerous place to be and you can you can live in that world where you have so many outlets of information that you can live in that world that you don't have to listen to anything that disagrees with you somebody's gonna come you know have a channel that just feeds you mm -hmm. only information that you well, I think that's hear. where that's where social media's influence comes in, which which harms um, which harms journalism, which harms the media industry as a whole. Because, like these people that that write in, they they could have agreed with ninety percent of the paper, but ten percent that disagreed with their their overall. I hate to call it their agenda, but their belief system because that 10% went against their belief system, they no longer can have that physical piece of paper in their home. And so it's, when we get there, and, and that, that's why I say social media has such a, a, a hard impact on the media, media business is because it's, there, there's a couple different elements, but the main element is, is that these algorithms pick up on, on what people feed into. And so if you feed into a particular subject, and it riles you or it makes you feel good or whatever it is, it tends to try to move more of that, of that particular content into your feed. So that's what you're looking at um, on, a, on a daily basis or you know, during that time. When you go into a newspaper or a magazine, it won't be that way. There is no algorithm with print products. There is no algorithm in regular journalism, in, in traditional journalism, because you, most people as humans, we like to be challenged. We like to be challenged so that we can grow. And there's something that, you know, within the last 10 years has now stumped that growth and, and people are okay with it. And, that, and that's the part that I have a hard time with. I'll never be okay not n learning more. I'll never be okay not always growing because I know I don't, I don't know everything. I know my kids will know more than I do, and I am completely okay with that. Actually, I want that to happen. That is a goal. So within the paper, I hope that there is 10% that you don't agree with, because then it can challenge you to look at it, to research it, to find out why you have that reaction to it. And then if it really pushes you, then write a letter to the editor, write a letter to me, write a letter explaining why you feel that way. But the other part of that, which is which is also kind of interesting put your name on it because oh yeah you right. we get letters that ha are anonymous that are mailed to us with no return address um some of them in the past have been like cut and pasted together like, like a ransom note like a ransom note like we we can't learn from you and we can't grow from you if you're not willing to put your name on it 
Right. So we are open to that. We are open to the community's input and, and how we can do things better or how we can grow and how we can help you grow and, and how we can work together in that kind of partnership. The collaborations that we have together are what makes the, the product even more beautiful than it possibly can be because then it's showing the real voice of everybody. It's showing the real ins and outs. And I think this show um, and what we're doing here is a part of that as well. It it's, it's a yep. platform for a discussion that right. is, you know, kitchen table discussion with somebody. Like you and I don't agree on everything. And we, you know, just in the past 24 hours had, had a very serious discussion about the future of, the, of our life and of the world. And, and, and that is something, well, those conversations and people information might make you feel a particular way. Mm -hmm. And it might not always feel good. It might, it might make you feel bad. And just because something makes you feel bad, it, it, like I would, you know, you and I know that's something that we take a look at. We don't just dismiss it, but we take it. What is mm -hmm. the validity of this? Is this something that I should look at? Mm -hmm. uh, in, in journalism, you know, I've always had a rule that I wanna hear the mistakes I've made as early and as often as possible because I'm gonna write again on right. a, on a topic, and if I if I wrote a mistake once, I, I I can correct that mistake. If I wrote it twice, I can correct it. But I want to hear that. Oh, there we go. Um, I want to hear that as soon as possible. I'm going to go ahead and change that. Um, right, but and we want to hear that. So then that way. Um, I, and I'm taking away from yours because that was a personal journey for you. But but to bring it back, and I'll let you finish when you when you come back over. But um, for for the publication, the the understanding from everyone that we can always cover something more or less, depending on. Um, obviously what events are happening. And so if there are more patriotic events happening, we probably will cover those, but we do have a, a balance of how we cover. Same thing as with any other event, whether it's um, a business opening or um, you know, a, a gathering at the park for um, movies or whatever it is, you know, and, and now I'm, I'm kind of off course, um, but. Um, the, I guess the point that I'm trying to make is that, you know, we, we want to hear the mistakes. We want to hear what you guys would like to see more. Um, and, and that door is always open to everybody. And, we, and, and we're just, we're very open to growing and open to, to having that community input. Yeah. And that, I think that's, those conversations are, you know, really valuable because just with, with your, the example that I gave about you and I did, um, having a difference of opinion mm -hmm. or a difference of perspective. Maybe it's just we were looking at two things, the same thing differently, and we're like, wait, I thought we were looking at it this way. And you, well, I thought we were looking at it this way. And it, I, I feel like just a, a, a particular dedication toward um, a, an understanding of each other and, and where we were at, we're able to put us back on the same page on a, a particular topic, mm -hmm. and that happened through discussion. If I was writing you that in a note, then you would you would say one thing, and then I would read into what you're saying, and I would respond with a note, and it just changes the dynamic. Oh, that's where I was going earlier, and then I took a left turn and didn't get back. But that's exactly what it is. So with this podcast, that's that that's the direction because what we write is 
you know, the black stuff on the, on the, on the, the white pages, white pages, right. um, carved so in stone. You can interpret it so many different ways. When you hear it, you can also hear it many different ways. We've seen that too, but this allows more of a, a that that casual conversation back and forth. Hopefully, a lot of the feelings from all of the guests that we have on and things like that come out, so that you can see and hear and feel how people are going through, you know, certain circumstances. I I've always been very good behind the scenes, um, so this is kind of a new thing for me. Um, you know, even 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 now, it's it's um, it's it's interesting to try to give people my perspective or have them understand where I'm coming from because I'm I'm a pretty private person, I would say. Um, I I you know from my corporate life, I was in a corporate executive position, so I was able to stay you know kind of pretty much on the back scenes in a way um, I guess is what you would say because you know my team was the ones that were out there with the patients and out there working um, I did have to go to executive meetings but those to me were very safe because it was the people that I knew um, even if it was the, the CEOs of hospitals and things like that it was just a different type of group of people that I could go sit with in this in this type of business we're out there we're raw we are we are who we are and you get to see that every single day I don't get to hide behind a desk and, <laughs> and right um, and, and not have you as a part of my family and a part of our our growth and our opportunities that we have and and um, but but we really do appreciate that and, and that was the one thing that I absolutely loved to see when all of this started is that the our communities really rallied together right away you know and that in this together was uh, was a saying that all of us grabbed onto right away um, uh, uh, travel Paso and the chamber grabbed onto that. They put a billboard up in Paso as soon as you drove in. We're in this together. And, and everybody was there. We had all of the chambers trying to do what they could to, to make sure that the business community knew what SBA loans were out there and other things that were happening and, and people creating these groups online to bring. It was a crisis. It was similar it was. to yeah. uh, what the, the response was in, at 9-11. And, and let's go into that you know, kind of real quick. We both... We both have different experiences of what 9-11 meant, yeah. but it was a rally toward uh, unification and that we were, it was us against the world. Um, and we had that against COVID early on. Yeah. Um, and that has, has splintered for a, a variety of reasons. Yeah. Um, one of those, uh, I think the, the foundation of the reason why that splintered was the fact that we're we're looking at a presidential election, and when you are facing a presidential election, for the most part, you're in one of two camps, and and there is a, a great motivation for um, political players to move you more into their camp as you know, every single day. That's their that's their number one stated purpose is to move you toward their candidate. Um, overall, and when you have a a country that needs to be brought together, and you have a um, and and either of the um, candidates for for president, um, regardless of of where a particular person feels about you know who's going to be the right person, those two candidates are are actually um, working to divide the country based on 
uh, where they want the country to go or what they're promising the country or, or anything about that. So it's very difficult to have a, a situation like we have right now where you know the, the, the solution is to stick together. And at the same time, you have the, uh, the introduction of uh, a variety of social media um, evolutions and, and the push towards being right or wrong based on who people think you're well i think and and you're leaning toward. and I, th I think this is what you're saying but you're you're saying it in a very neutral manner but i think we all know exactly when the shift happened the shift happened when george floyd was killed um the the issue from there yes completely split we have we have a lot of well, I think I, I think I would even even say so far as in the, and this is why we you know this is the kitchen table talk over mm -hmm. the grill cancel culture because you know the the statements that we make you know regarding something that is significant as mm -hmm. where is our country going is um, if we say something that is um, contrary to you know a a mob mentality then there we're we're putting ourselves at risk of being harassed and and that's the that's the world we actually have have entered into so when we talk about george floyd i look at that that was a that was a convenient incident in order to to push a narrative instead of the actual reason for um the the, the rest of it like george floyd in that instant has it became the ammunition for a particular uh narrative or, or agenda instead of did, but there, facing there what was, the problem is there was an agenda already or there was a situation already that people could pick up on because there was an underlining issue um so i, I don't i don't think that's the direction we want to go right now but I, I think that you know you know and, I, and we've talked about this before like i can look back in my life and i i know exactly where if i would have taken a left turn versus the right turn that i took I would be in a completely different life. I feel like right. that was that was our fork in the road right there. Um, regardless of how it happened or how it came about, that was our fork in the road. The problem is, is that then when we had that fork in the road, there was no one to bring us back together on, on any level. Yeah. So we did. We took a right and a left, and, and then there's a bunch of us in the middle saying, what the heck happened? We, we were all t in this together. We're all stronger together. Right, right. And, and, and the thing is, is that it's like and, sitting and around like, the campfire with Kumbaya and then all of a sudden it's like, well, hey, where's the fire going? Because everybody picked up the, the logs and are now, you know, setting the forest on fire. Um, and you're like, wait a minute. This yeah. is this is anti, you know, productive. Like we we have a real issue as a country and, and we need to look well, at what we're issue. I think, though, that you and I, which which I find is is a benefit for us. We have ventured out of a Tascadero. We have ventured out of the North County. Um, I, I, I grew up in, in a small town, Cape Creek, Arizona, Scottsdale, Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona area. Um, I, I moved here when I, right after eighth grade, I moved back and went to college, came back. I worked here. I worked in Arroyo Grande. I worked in LA. I worked in Colorado Springs, but I've traveled all over and I traveled to New York, um, after 9-11. And so, um, and, and you've traveled and done things on your own and then we came back together so we have these two different lives that we're able like we both came from small templeton right then, that's where we met right and, and then we went off and, and people in the high school right. and then we went off and and led these different lives and then we came back together and now we have a media business that 
that as publishers, we are, are more traveled than a lot of the people in this area. And so, and, and my family is, is a mixed racial family. You know, um, my, my, my nieces and nephews and um, my brother-in-laws, you know, so that never was a, an issue in our family. There was never, I never looked at anybody different. Um, we all worked hard. That was the one thing that was always a given in, in all of our, in, in all of my siblings, you know, it, that we all knew we had to work hard. Like that was just, that was just the thing. There was no, there was no free card anywhere. Um, my, my, if Charlie ever listens to this, she'd be probably mad at me, but she was the only one that got all of her college paid for. <laughs> so the rest of us all had to pay our own. Chaz went into the Marines, you know, and is still a Marine today. He went into the Marines right after 9-11. Um, I have a, I have a very soft, soft place, which I think most people do for 9-11. It's really hard for me to talk about because it was a hard time. It was a hard time. And I worked in Arroyo Grande at the time and I ran a, an optical company and, and our company sent out every patriotic thing that you possibly could get. I mean, our lab coats were just covered in flags and, and I had the Marine, you know, badge on one side and Chaz's name on the back. And, you know, my assistant manager, she had, she had people in, in the army. And so she had them on her, her jacket. Like we were all so proud of our military and what they were doing for us. And I literally would go sit in the back of the parking lot and, and just listen to what was happening during the war because I just I knew Chaz was in a place that was just not a safe place. The Marines were the first ones in and, and they saw things that I, you know, that I'd never want to see and probably he can't even tell us about because we, we just shouldn't know. And, and, and people can look at that from both sides like, oh, so then they were doing things that they were wrong or, oh, so, you know, for me, he does that because there, there's a reason why people are in the military and there's a reason why they they are successful at what they do but but the, the it's not for the faint of heart I it's mean, let's not put, for the faint of heart that way and it's 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 one of the bravest things that anyone can do regardless of what you think about it they there's not a soul that i have met that's gone into the military thinking they want to do something bad what happens while they're in there is a whole other story and, and whatever they come out with but but they go in there wanting to do good and wanting to protect america and wanting to protect the U.S. citizens and, and their families. I mean, that's why they go in, you know. And so, you know, I, to not get political or, or anything like that, it just is they're, they're – and I've said this even about, like, the firemen and the policemen and, and all of these service men and women that go in, um, they do there's – a, there's a calling for it. There's a reason why they do it. There's a calling for why we're in the media business and why we do journalism. If you can stay true to that moral compass and to why you got into it in the first place, that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of what we get to do today. And when we lose that, that's when everything goes awry and, and nothing good can come out of that. Well, I think at, to that point, that's a, a great segue to the concept of doing a newspaper, that a newspaper um, is and, and should be a reflection of the community. This is who the community is. It's the community right. voice. Do you have uh, voices of, of important people in the community who do a massive amount of work to make sure that it's a great community um, and that for everybody to enjoy? And then, and then some people work, you know, 12-hour days in their job to make sure that they're doing their part. And it's this whole mix of, of a lot of different um, uh, of a lot of different elements that make up a community. But the, the reflection that this is your community, this is what happened, and to be honest and true to that, um, you may not like what you see. 
That, that's, but that's what the newspaper is there for, to show you this is what it is. If you want it to be different, then you need to make sure that you're there to change it next time. Mm-hmm. It's, not up, it's not up to you know, some, some powers that be to make it fit what you want it to be. Or, and, and a newspaper should never be, and a, and a news outlet should never be something that tells you what they want you to see. They, it tells you this is what your community is. Do you, do you like it? Do you not like it? Would you like to change it? Then there's ways to do, go about yeah. and do that, and the the and that is you know why I believe that and and I believe heavily in the Constitution of the United States and the and the Bill of Rights and the First Amendment and the Second Amendment because they were they were cognizant of what is really important for our community and they did that back in seventeen oh wait, what seventeen eighty seven. Um, it was the Constitution was written, um, and in 1776, of course, being uh, the the Declaration of Independence, and so you had a country that that said, you know what, we are going to give the power to the people, and it was a new concept, and it has been a a, a an amazing concept up until this point, and uh, that's why we have our American flags behind us because it represents that that shield it's that shield between us and tyranny and when you mm-hmm. when you come into um, a place where you're going to like you said uh, you know people are going to say i don't want your your newspaper because i disagree with what it says so well do you disagree with the facts or you just disagree with the fact that you're hearing something you don't want to hear and you, you want to protect yourself from that because if you get into a zone where you want to protect yourself and you want to protect your feelings from facts, then you are going to isolate yourself from something that is, is really there to help you grow as a person, but also to help your community grow. And we're in a place where information, just like you talked about with uh, search engines, that the, our access to information is being manipulated uh, for a reason and, and the people who are manipulating it are manipulating it for a reason and where does that leave us as a country when the, when the information and you can go into our education system and go wait what are you teaching our mm-hmm. kids why are you teaching them that um, and I think that our education system is the first step toward revolution in this country is that we need to take a, a greater role as a community in in uh what our kids are being taught first and then that will be that will create you know what's next and and it starts with having those open dialogues and so if you're if you're listening to this um and you feel like you have you know one you know please understand that the foundation of this um podcast is the kitchen table talk over Mm -hmm. the grill of cancel culture so while we might uh, disagree on topics or or have a, a a discussion over the facts of a situation you know we're we're by no means trying to persuade somebody um a, toward a, a particular no, if, I, if, if we could persuade anybody to do anything it would be to do your research do your research look it up have have an opinion on your own and understand too that it's really a great thing for somebody to disagree because then it allows us to do even more research. And when you say do your research, um, I, I think you mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, sure. but I, th- I think you're um, you're encouraging people to uh, don't stop at the news article. 
go go into go into the source material something that you're reading with a a major media company i've had a couple people come back and say well on cnn okay well that's not that's not a fact checker to me cnn fox news abc nbc none of those go to the sources find the sources and it, it will take you a while it's taken me a while to look up certain some certain things um because there even though one website can look like okay well this might be factual like history.com should be pretty factual but i even double check history.com i double check everything at least two or three times with the u.s government with u.s labor with um what's the other one that um that i always tend to go to uh, now i've lost it um, but there's a couple of them that I, th- and I read all of them, and then I can find at least some kind of truth. Well, if you find contradictions in those right. those documents, that tells you, okay, something is wrong here. Right. This one says something factual uh, mm-hmm. here, and this other document has something that contradicts that, then either both of them are wrong, one of them are wrong, but there is further research to right. do. And you get that from major media outlets, mm-hmm. from our media outlet. Right. I mean, oh, as, yeah. as, a, as a media owner, you know, don't take our word for it. Right. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the reality that, yeah. that we live in. And, mm-hmm. and we really need to push ourselves to do a little bit more research. And I was, um, I was enlightened to, to a certain topic um, when we were going through everything we were going through. And, and Juneteenth became a, mm-hmm. a, a thing a lot of people right. were talking about. I had heard about it before. I got a, a great education on it. it. It introduced me to my current education on the Civil War, and mm-hmm. and that led me to finding out that my great grandfather, you know, who who migrated here in 1856, joined the first Minnesota uh, Volunteer Infantry Regiment and fought in the Battle of Bull Run and the and the Battle of Gettysburg. Those are facts I never would have have found if I wasn't like just continuing to dig into mm-hmm. research. But the thing that I was, um, to pull it back, is that I was reading about Juneteenth, and I was reading uh, Louis Gates Jr., uh, Henry Louis Gates Jr.'s um, uh, article on pbs.com or .org, and I read through that, and it stunned me. He, you know, halfway through the, the article, he said that, you know, that it was a, a, a gross um, misgiving um, and, and a... And a error that the um, and, and an error in action and a, and a, and a, and a violation of really of human rights it would be um, that the end of slavery um, happened two and a half years before the announcement that Juneteenth is uh, um, is made to represent so uh, the and in Galveston, Texas, um, a, an announcement was made on June 19th in um, 1865 that the, the slavery was over, and that was the final announcement to slave states and slave areas that slavery is now over. The, all and there was terms and conditions mm-hmm. of of how to readapt your 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 business model. Basically, your mm-hmm. business model can no longer be uh, based on slave labor. You now have to address these other issues right. and do things a little differently. And so those announcements were made. There was no, you know, there was no mass email. It was no, you know, uh, you know, broadcast system in order to get the message out there. So somebody had to to ride horses to that um, to Galveston, Texas, and 
um, Henry Louis Gates Jr. said that that na final announcement happened two and a half years after the end of slavery. And that is completely misleading. And I almost reprinted that. And so I'm reading that, and I'm glad that I continued to research because he was he noted that the end of slavery happened when the uh, the Gettysburg Address happened, mm. which you know President Lincoln gave the Gettysburg Address in 1863 in January, and Henry Louis Gates was saying, well, that's the end of of slavery, but the war, the Civil War hadn't even ended. The civil the Civil War was still going on for another yeah. two and a half years. It, it was right. actually so it was. It, the Civil War ended in 1865, and two and a half months after that, they rode into Galveston. Yeah. So it, it's, it's incredibly important for everybody, and, and that's why I go back to our education system. Our, our education system has to be, there, there must be, we, we have to all do it, is to be uh, far more vigilant about what we're allowing um, to be taught as truth to our children, because these small errors can, can lead to great violations of human rights or or a, or a perception of a violation mm -hmm. of human rights right. where that's that actually didn't happen that way and so you can't convict somebody of a crime when the facts are not you know in line with reality so and i think and that's one thing that i feel like is the is the biggest difference today and, and how none of us, no one has an excuse that they don't have um, the ability to research something. Like when I was a kid, we had the, what was that? The, um, the Encyclopedia Britannicals. <laughs> we had all the series. We had right. the nice gentleman that came to the door and sold them. Sold this big, massive library <laughs> right. of books. Right. So the research that we could do was very limited. It was to what the library had, when we could go and to what we had in those books. Um, and then obviously your school. Um, but as a kid, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm with everybody. I, I wasn't, well, not everybody, but I wasn't the one in the library trying to research something new. I, I was just trying to get through school so, and then go have a good time. So, yeah. so for me to be able to have this information at my fingertips and, and, and go back and do the research and do, and, and fact check back and forth between different uh, sources as well that's that's where we we actually find the truth and and it's interesting because it kind of goes back to and we use this with our kids there's three sides to every story there's your side there's my side and then there's the truth and it's the same kind of thing that happens with with fact checking fact checking and sources the the misconception of our history comes from the fact that the people the first couple people that said the the, the misinformation was never fact checked was never gone back and looked at and so we have this misinformation out there or this, this understanding that our, that our history is in some, some way a, a failure. But when I look back and I read through what we've gone through, not only as, as, as humans that came and decided some, that they wanted something different, but you have to remember, like the people back then, they weren't us. They, they came from different backgrounds that had nothing to do with what we have today. They had a vision and a hope, but you have to remember, like, think of, like, the greatest thing ever you can possibly think of, and 10 generations from now, they'll be f so much further beyond what my, imagine right. ca my imagination can even fathom. 
So to go back and try to say that they should have thought like I did and, and they should have they should have been able to do this a long time ago is not even it's not something that you can even look at. Well, you're, they yeah, even you, have. if you go back 100 years, you're going to uh, find yourself in a place where the the upper middle class, their amenities and their lifestyle and the, the homes, even the homes they're living in are average today compa- comparatively with no no amenity, no electricity um, or, or little electricity, mm-hmm. no right. air conditioning systems, right. no, right. no. Right. There's so many things we take for granted today that that we try to apply our current understanding of life and then, you know, then retroactively establish a narrative. Mm-hmm. And and I think, you know, it, back to the, the Constitution and and the the Declaration of Independence that that is, you know, the Constitution is over 255 years old, I think, at this point. It is the longest standing constitution of any um, and founding document of any country. And it has given us the opportunity to to create everything that you see around you. I mean, everything that we see around us is a product of, of our, it, it's not the product of a system. It is a product of ingenuity, personal ingenuity, and people coming together and saying, I am going to think of things a little bit differently. I'm going to do something to make something different. Mm-hmm. And, and that that opportunity um, to do that is available to every person at every level of human existence. Like I, I can't come up with the the uh, next big thing in Tesla, uh, the the car company, because I'm not there. I, I don't I don't have access to anything they have access to. I don't have the ability to um, to redesign their interior or mm-hmm. or you know help them. Um, um, create a self-driving vehicle right. and I'm not there, but my, but my personal, um, ability to make change in my world is unlimited. Mm-hmm. If I, if I'm able to accept that fact that I'll, I'll never be, uh, uh, a, in Prince Charles's shoes and lead, uh, the monarchy of, of, uh, of a country like that's somebody else's life. And, and to, qu- to be quite honest, if, if I am, because I have done the research I have and, and I know myself and my opportunity the way I know it, I wouldn't want to change places with him. That sounds like a terrible lifestyle. I don't want any part of it. Well. But so that, but I think people, people look, they, they get the idea that, well, I'm going to look at, at you a certain way and think that, right. that your, your history is a, such a way that has propelled you to have have these opportunities where I don't have these opportunities because of my history. Mm-hmm. And when, you know, well, if you, if you know your history for yourself and for me, you know, my history changed when I found out my great grandfather was a civil war hero. And I call it anybody who fought against slavery and to abolish slavery, a civil war hero. You don't have to have a statue made after you to be a civil war hero. If you picked up, arms and fought to to abolish slavery you're a civil war hero and and to find out my great grandfather is a civil war hero so i get to stand on that and i'm standing on the sh- the shoulders of of a giant and that's my that's my life so i take that personal and when i know that about myself and i say you know what he was just an individual at one time he didn't have to do that 
So then what am I going to do for my children and my children's children when they look back at me and they go, oh, Grandpa Nick, he was he was, uh, you know, he owned a newspaper and blah, blah, blah. Nobody cares, you know, or or are they going to look back and go, you know what? He did something to make sure that that my future and, and if you could look at your ancestry and say, if if my ancestry is not a hero, if I can't find a hero in my lineage, then I need to be that hero. And I need to do something that, that I can make my family proud about instead of saying, well, what, and I guess uh, to JFK, he said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And, and that's kind of it. Like, ask not what history has done for you, but what can you do for history? And if we can change the way that we're looking at that and know that the, the foundational documents of the United States of America um, and I'm going to give a plug to the United States of America real quick because I think they deserve it. They've been working really hard. Um, the, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution of the United States, um, are the foundational documents for that kind of lifestyle. They say that they, they were developed in a time when slavery existed, and they were written as such to allow for progress to be made um, and— there was, there was a civil war that cost 620,000 American lives. For anyone to think that you can legislate change that is so sweeping and, and astronomical, then, then you can just take a look at the civil war and go, you know what, maybe, maybe they can't. Because the Gettysburg Address happened in 1863, and it was, only, it was two years later when the end of the war happened that cost 620,000 American lives. You can't just legislate that kind of change. You have to. You have to get cooperation. Um, I. I'm. I'm sad that that the Civil War happened um, because you would think that the cooperation could be a little more common sense. Um, but you do have to have that cooperation with with the person that you're you're arguing against. And you have to remember too, and that that goes back to what I was saying though. It just was a different time. It all was a different time. I mean, we can't, we can't, as much as we want to say that we wish that it didn't happen, it happened because that's the type of time it, they were in. They didn't have any other, they didn't know any other way to stop it, you know, and, and that's, and not saying that that has to happen today, but the, well, I, th the I think they are, did. The, but the times are so different. The times have always been different. It, it's, it's. I don't know. I mean, I think they knew they knew how to how to not have the civil war, but it was it was a it was a factor of, you know, this is this is a right, situation had, we don't want to change. But there was a group of people that didn't want to change. Yeah, they don't want to. They didn't want to change. Right. So in in order for that change to happen, um, it was by force. And and like I said, that 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 is something that I think conversationally. Um, and, and if we're going to look back at history and we're going to draw anything from history, I, I think that um, avoiding casualties, oh, absolutely, um, human casualties is yeah. and, and destruction and, and all of the yeah. things that that I mean, the, the amount of blood that was spilled on American soil at that time, you know, is it was for a long time. It was the it was worse than all other wars, losses combined. And just recently um, was you know, the rest of the wars combined have more casualties than the Civil War. Um, but, it, you know, it's it. 
it happened because of this and, and I'll, I'll say this and that because I want to I do believe we can tie it back to the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States the words all men are created equal by their creator and endowed with life liberty and the pursuit of happiness inalienable rights that it was people were were not applying that principle universally and that's why it happened it was we're not going to consider these people human beings and that's why we're going to go to war over this instead of saying we understand they're human beings but we want to own them that, that was that was the reality of their their discussion so i think back to and bringing it back today you know we, we have these these conversations about politics and and conversations about people that being that accepting human beings as human beings and all men are created equal which includes women and i i, I know that there's the discussion about whether that was a, a patriarchal uh, statement or whether it wasn't um we have come so far on those principles that that you and i i mean we have an equal like i consider that you know our our ability to go out there and become a force of nature in the world um is is fairly equal at this point, like, and, you know, gender regardless, we can go out there and, and make an impact in the world, um, be of value to, um, businesses, be of value to other human beings. Um, that is regardless of our gender. Um, what do you think about that? Well, I, I think it just depends on the individuals, you know, for me is, is that if I base my worth off of how you think, then no, I won't ever have the worth that I want. I, I base my worth off of what I can do and how hard I can work and, and what positions I get myself into. Um, so, you know, for me, if, if, yes, we're, we're equal. Do I have different attributes that you don't have? Yes. Same thing. You have different attributes that I don't have. And I don't find that to be an issue. I find that to be, um, something that, actually is it helps us it helps us in everything that we do there's reasons why we're all different and there's different assets that we bring to the table and if we had the exact same assets then there would be no reason to have the two of us so you know my self-worth and for what i can do i that's me internally and what i've been able to accomplish in my life and in my my professional career and and what i can do i i find it it's it's interesting to, to me that i find i have to explain myself more to women than I ever do to men. I have to explain my successes to women more than I ever do to men. And, um, and I don't know if that's because I worked with men for so, so long in my corporate career, and there's a lot of women that weren't in corporate career. I don't know, because there was a bunch of women with me. Um, my direct supervisor was a woman. Um, it, my direct supervisor when, when I started in um, optical care, when I was 19 years old, was a woman. Um, and so, and, and I talked about this in, in a piece that I did months ago before COVID um, was the, uh, um, the feminist movement that I've never, I've never been on board with the feminist movement um, or women in business because I felt like, well, that's segregating me out. Why, why do I need to be separated from everybody else? We are all doing business. Of course I'm doing business. That's what we do when, you know, when, we, when we grow up and what we've decided to do in life. And, and, um, and one of the things that I did say is that you know, I, I did have a group of women around me um, as, I, as I, I was um, advancing in my career that were mentors to me, that were guides for me, that 
um, that maybe that's how that feminist group started is because they were trying to get women to have these these collaborations together and these these strengths together. Um, but I, I, you know, I'll go back to that. You know, I there there's there's a piece of literature everywhere that will separate out men. Um, the Bible separates out men. The, um, the Constitution separates out men. I, I do believe, and I'm going to go back to what I just said about the Civil War, it was a different time then. You know, it, it was all a different time. Um, Lewis and, and or, um, E.G. and Mabel Lewis, they were, they were pioneers in their day, and they still had to be very careful with what they did. You can tell by what, you know, what they put in place, how they were thinking, but they had to be very careful about it. You know, they believed in women's rights. They believed in, they strongly believed in women's rights, but they did it in a way that was safe even then. You know, and so there's, there's a time and a place that things happen. There's a way that people grow. But if you're, if you're, if you're innovated enough, you can also understand that it might be too early for some people to understand. And so you have to pull it back and you do baby steps so that you can get to that next phase. Because I do believe that the people that really made the changes in, in everything, if you look back at Martin Luther King and, and even, um, oh, now I'm going to forget her name, um, women's rights. Susan B. Anthony. Thank you. They, they did it strategically. You know, they, there were some radical things that happened, but they did it strategically. And if you read the steps that they took and you listen to the words that they say, they're, they're trying to get people to think different. They're saying, look at this. This is wrong, but this is how we can change it. Well, I think I, I to both of their points, um, and let me know if this uh, adds to the conversation there, but they were both saying, look at my value. Don't, don't look at your, don't be blinded by what you see. Right. Look at my value right. that I contribute to mm -hmm. this society. Yeah. And, and when you do that and you know um, how to do that and you're not looking at, so often we get um, distracted by, well, how much am I getting out of this? You know, where, what, what am I receiving in terms of what I'm giving? And I want to receive more for what I'm giving. And, and it becomes, right. it becomes a, a, a different kind of game where, you know, that if you, if you embrace who you are as a person and, and know your own value and you, like a lot of these people have, um, and, and I, I love the example of um, of Joseph um, Hain Rainey, who was a former slave who whose father bought him out of slavery. And he he lived. He had basically two lives. One was pre-Civil War and one was post-Civil War and post-Civil War. He became a barber banker um, and a congressional um, yeah. a, a seat holder uh, in South Carolina. And he became the first uh, what would be a kind of the representative of of the house um the speaker of the house or something along those lines where he he had to to know himself where in in some circles he was considered property of another human being and he had to know his worth and say i can put into myself the investment to be a, a, a dynamo mm -hmm. in the universe that nobody can stop. And, and I can do that through education and, and communication. And, that, and that's what I see. I think that's a perfect example because that's what I'm seeing today. 
is that 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 grit that hard work that belief in yourself and it, it, it goes back to maybe and maybe this is it the people check the people you have around you yeah I was just about to say that because if you have you're people around you telling you you're you can't do it or you're not good enough or you can't you can't get that particular job because that person has it or you can't get that house because you'll never work enough to, to be able to afford that get away from them as right. fast as possible and, and you kind of get that I mean it's, it's assuming a lot but but it's it's uh, I think a safe assumption to say that his dad who bought him from slavery gave him a message like don't ever let anybody tell you right right I mean yep. that's a huge message and, yep. and he probably had that right next to him like you can do whatever you want to do. Look what we just did. Yeah. You know, we, we, the system of slavery that, that cost 620,000 American lives, not including the lives that it, that it ripped from, from other families and, and during its existence, mm -hmm. the, and, and, and you can pull away from that and that kind of culture and, and, and give somebody self-worth and self-esteem right. that they can go on to become a congressperson, a congressman, and and make such um, emphatic and and um, and brave statements. I mean, you, you should go. Anybody listening to this, look up Joseph Hayne Rainey and read the things he said about the KKK post Civil War. He had no fear. He he had a purpose on this planet that was that was. Um, something he engaged in and took advantage of and, and did something with his life that is just inspiring. And I, I love his story. I think it's, um, it's one of the great American stories. And, and, it, and go back to our history. That's, those are the stories that need to be told, that he's, he's an individual who, who you know, is, he was blessed with life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, and he did it all. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's, it's um, a great big world where um, I always it's, it's very humbling to be one of 700 and, or, or, or 7 point8 billion people on the planet um, that are all um, tugging and pulling at each other um, but it's also it's very inspiring to know that among those seven uh, seven billion seven point8 billion I, I kind of sound like Joe Biden right now trying to recite some um, <laughs> some information but 7.8 billion people on the planet that you are one who is an individual and a, and a very uh, you have the ability to do whatever it is you put your mind to if you do like you said you have to put yourself in an environment that encourages your your own self and you might be alone for a while I mean it's, it's yeah. possible there I, I spent a bunch I of time alone more about myself when I was alone than I ever did with somebody else and, and it was mainly because when when I finally got alone and could figure out who I was and what I needed then when you came into my life and, and when we got back together I I already was in the process of of finally loving myself for who I was and and it didn't allow us to to grow until both of us had that you know and and and, and I feel like that with people is that, you know, you might get into, you know, it's fam whether it's family dynamic or friend dynamic or even a business dynamic, that you get stuck. And then because it's so scary to try something new, most of the time, you know, I, I'm very much a structured person. I like things in an orderly fashion. Um, and, 
and so when it gets out of that I do get a little squirrely you know for a minute trying to figure that out okay and then I find my foot my footing again but you know and and, and I accept change and, and I like growth but I, I like it on my own time and I like to be able to do that you know and and in this business and, and with children and in marriage that's not always the case and so being able to have that foundation to be able to go back to and also understand your self-worth that's a that's a huge deal because then you're not depending on that other person to give that to you and, and I feel like unfortunately in our society today everybody's looking for somebody to give them that self-worth and everybody has it we're all born with it I mean we're incredible we're incredible organisms that are born and put onto this planet that can't have feelings and emotions and 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 can create things and and are artistic and I mean it's just it's it's incredible like being a human is incredible and 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 having children that are are a part of us are incredible to be able to watch them and see them and know that they're going to grow and they can do things and and so you know when I look back at our history and look back at at what our ancestors all went through to get us where we are today I'm I'm deeply grateful for every single thing that they went through um even as hard as it was because that allows me to look at that and be like why would anybody ever do that that doesn't make any sense why would anybody judge somebody off of the color of their skin why would anybody judge somebody off of you know what house they grew up in because none of that matters none of that matters what matters is is are we a good human are you doing good for your community are you trying to better yourself are you trying to um, do something that's going to make an impact and a change for the generations to come or are you trying to find out what somebody can do for you because you don't want to do the work? Well, I think it, another part of that is that we're in a, um, in a lifestyle right now or, or a, um, a time right now where the internet connects us all. And it, it's a very, that's a very kind of a, a level playing field. And then within the internet, you have um, a, a countless amount of softwares that are all competing for attention and competing for, um, for, uh, for uh, different elements of our society and then um you can within that environment you can actually do an upgrade and or distribute that upgrade worldwide and it happens all at once and that change is instant mm -hmm. and in real in, in real life change isn't that instant no. you can't you can't just do an upgrade and everything changes and and you can't I do can't an upgrade say i want to i want a house tomorrow and have it Right. It takes a long time to get that. And I think that's that's the other part and of this. And it's okay if it takes somebody longer. We used to laugh yeah. in, in our mid-30s. We were like, well, we feel like we're, we're so far behind. So far behind. Because somebody who started at 18 or 17, savings and investing and doing smart things when we were, doing, then we were doing dumb <laughs> things. You know, it, it, yeah, it was like I was 27 years old before I started doing smarter things. Right. And, and there was a period, there's periods in my life where I did smart things and got good results. And then I did dumb things and got dumb results. Right. And, and, I, and I was like, well, you know, it, at one point I had to realize all the good things that are coming to me are when I do things that create those good things. And, and it's, and, and it really, a lot of it came down to who I had around me and, and had to go, okay, I'm going to give myself. And, and I, I, at 27, I said, okay, I'm going to give myself one year to change everything and see what that's like. Right. Because I, I just spent 27 years on the planet and go, this is not what I want. I, I, I don't have, I look around, I'm like, I'm not in the place where I want to be. And I didn't like it. And I, and I said, I, I, I think 
I've always thought there's something better. I see better things around me. I see people enjoying life a little bit better than I am. And I, I said, oh, okay, well, why don't I give myself a, a year? And I had a lifeline and somebody threw me a lifeline and I said, I'm going to grab onto that lifeline. And it was a group of people that I, I started to engage with and, and, uh, and I put in practice different things that moved me away. And people who were around me at that time, like, oh, Nick is like, he doesn't want to hang out with us anymore. And I wanted something different. And I told him, hey, come with me. You know, I'm, I think I'm pursuing something here that's better for me. Why don't you come with me? And, and those people did not. And I changed my life. And here, 14 years later, I am a completely different person in a different place. And it's not because of, uh, it's because I changed what I was doing and I started getting something different. And, and that's, that really came, you know, and, and I have made mistakes along that road. I mean, of course. So it took, it's taken me, like you said, it's, we, we were kind of both behind in some ways and we worked dedicated really hard to try to, to change that for ourselves. And it's happened. But we're, we're, we're still, I, I, I feel a great amount of pressure every day to, to keep that ball rolling in the right direction and, and keep building on that because there are places in my life where I feel like I'm still not at the place where I can relax that, you know. Well, I think that's, I think that's being a little hard on yourself because I, I don't, I think where we're at in the media business and, you know, with you now running for city council and, um, and, and our entire company, you know, we've got a couple different branches that we've started and, and that we're working in. I don't, for me, like, I, I don't know when I'm ever going to be comfortable. I don't know when I'm ever going to be able yeah. to relax right? because I'm always trying to make sure that we're doing the right thing. And that, that's not just by the community. I mean, obviously the community is first and foremost, because that's, that's, who, that's who our, our, our client is is the community where you know our customer service to our community with what what we put out is is important but we have this these this team of people behind it that for me that's what i focus on is that are we doing good by them are we are we helping them enhance their careers are we giving them a challenge for for them to feel like they're successful at the end of the day and and when we put out a paper and and I, and I feel like with the group of people that we have around us right now in our team, it's, it's a lot of go-getters. It's a lot of really innovative people. They're, they're thinking outside the box when we need them to. And I mean, we, we, we really have taken, you know, Cami um, from, you know, where we, we first hired her in to, you know, be the front office person. And now she's the company admin, you know, she, without her, I, I wouldn't be able to focus on the papers and make sure that we have the stories that we do. Cause she makes sure that the billing goes out and that she's there to answer the calls for the people and that, that she can explain, you know, whether it's different company procedures or get them into the paper or who to direct them to and things like that. And, and, and for her, you know, that's, that's the one thing that, you know, you and I've talked about that I get really excited about is that Cammy's Cammy's growth potential here is like sky's the limit because she has the the capability and she has the the drive behind it that she really she could do anything and we can teach her to run the entire company I mean she's she's that much of a go-getter you know and that much of being open to everything that we do and everything that we say and and she has great ideas and she's able to give input and, and feedback back and forth and 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 I feel like that that's the kind of team we have around us you know I pick out Cammy because her and I 
work the closest together I feel like most of the time and you know with Mike and, and Brian too but you know and and you know working with Jen last week and she put together the entire paper and um, well Mike was on vacation and you know having that ability to do that you know th those are the people that I look back to because those are the people again that we have around us that also want the company to do really well and we want to make sure that those people are in the right positions and are are given the right tools so that they can also feel successful and they can also grow and so you know for me and and, and I know you know we've, we've talked about this before is that being in media right now our our focus as we come into 2021 is is for us media reform we've seen a lot of things that are not right with the media that um but when, when people talk about mainstream media i don't take that personally i don't take that on myself because when they say defund the media right, things like that yeah so um i don't know if that's like so police a, out there maybe take that to you know right. as a perspective like when they say defund the police don't take it personal right. you know that you know not you, talking about yeah, you, you've got a lot of support uh locally right. that you can stand on so right so I mean, and, and those are the things that are really great to be able to go back on in, in the North County and, and being in business in the North County is that, you know, we run one of the largest media companies here on the Central Coast and, and the amount of print that we put out and the amount of um, content that we put out is, is it blows my mind as we do it. Um, obviously, as we're in the mix of it, it's it just is kind of a well-oiled machine that we keep kind of trugging along and keep putting out. and. Um, but, you know, we were one of the ones that stayed in print through COVID, you know. And in we, perspective, there's yeah. millions of of pages of, of print material that we print and publish every month. It's millions of, of pages. Um, and it's it's, uh, it's a really uh, an amazing amount of, of product that is put out there. Oh, it really is. And it's crazy how, how it works, too. I mean, it just just one everybody, day after another and everybody like, yeah from yeah. from our internal team yeah. to the external right the the printer um down in gardena mm -hmm. the trucking company the you know accurate mailing service and and kin and paso robles yeah. who gets it to the post office and then the post office trucking it out every every month I mean, every we have week. a we have a very close relationship with our post offices that's one of the reasons why i was running the postal service uh ceos statements because i i talk to the people on the ground here we see what they do on a daily basis i i, I have to visit them a couple times a month um you know especially when paso and colony magazines come in we go and have a quick talk with ken or um with uh with brett up in paso you know just making sure that everything's on track because he also helps us mail out morro bay and avila beach life you know so these and these guys uh, just to give a plug to them my goodness i mean when we went into covid these guys are incredible like the way that they work behind the post the office scenes, oh my gosh like they just they're some of the hardest working people i have ever seen and they have a love for the post office which is just you know which is really cool to see it's like our love for media and our love for you know stories and telling these stories they have that same love for getting people's mail out yeah. and accurate and on time like yeah. it's just like this this thing that they do and they they have a calling for it yeah you know and it's like if if we can pull it back and, and I, we've been talking for a very long almost time. two hours so oh, yeah geez. we're gonna wrap it up here yeah. in just a minute if we can pull it back and remember that at, at our I, and this is i believe this and everybody else could disagree but i feel like at our core we're all we all have good intentions on on what we choose to do with our lives and our careers and how we get into a particular industry we got into media 
because we care about the community and we care about telling the stories of the community and we wanted a voice out there that you the community could trust and know that they could believe in these people that go into the postal services they they have a calling for it and they do that police department the, the fire workers the, the um, firefighters um, the the um, the grocery store clerks the grocery store managers the you can you can name it across the board people go into these industries sometimes it could be because it was just a job i started in the optical business because it was a job that fell into my lap and they were like hey you go apply mm -hmm. for that and i was right. 18 years old and I, okay sure i'll go do that within two months i knew it was my calling i knew it's what i wanted to do and you took it, ownership of your position absolutely. in the company and you and that was to your advantage you know to to oh, dedicate absolutely. yourself to something within within two months the, the manager quit they didn't have a backup manager that could come in and so it was me and another optician and I had been there for two months and her and I ran everything for months. No lunches sometimes, a ton of overtime, but they paid us, you know, but we never and that's, complained. And that's one of the things that people like, you, no matter what you get into, you're going to have bad days. You're going to have, right. you're going to have people yelling at you. Sometimes you're going to have people giving you harsh criticism, probably, right. probably unfair criticism at times. And it's, it's your dedication to that position yep. and to get through those things those those things that you don't like about what you do and enjoy the things that you do like about what you do and make sure that you're improving yourself every day as a person as a as a service to your clientele as a, as a service to your community yep. then you start to build yourself as a person and you can take that and you t you personally did take that and what you learned through each of those scenarios and, and working for different people um you know uh, very few different people but uh, you you stayed at jobs for you know years at a time um, uh, you know, some people jump around a little more mm -hmm. than that. And, and you took that and you applied that every, at every step of the way to where you went from op optometry to, um, oncology, which is uh, ra uh, radiation oncology for mm -hmm. cancer patients, uh, running, um, uh, uh, arm of the corporation there to jumping into, um, running uh, a media company that uh, that really does a, a massive amount of of information mm -hmm. um and with a very small team small but mighty right that yes. is small but mighty team that we have and you have taken those things that you've learned along the way and applied those every step of the way to 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 the benefit of the people around you when you when you when you engage yourself to the benefit of people around you, you become valuable as a person. And it doesn't become, people are gonna give you more. And, and they say, you know, there's a, a saying, and um, Jordan Peterson uses it a lot. He says, to, to he who has, more will be given, and to he who has not, um, everything will be taken. And it's, it's about, you know, that you don't have to worry uh, too, uh, too much about what you have coming. Because as you make yourself valuable to your community, you, you continue to endeavor in making yourself a better person and a more valuable person to your community, you are given the things that you want. Mm -hmm. those, come, those come as you engage in that, in, and in that response. And instead, of, um, and instead of demanding it, you just give it. And, and that creates that, that dynamic with, with the world around you that, that people look and they go, how did they get to where they are? And, and you go, wow. I mean, that, that we can answer simply, or we can admit there is a lot that goes into who we are today um, and, and the ability to rely on institutions like the U.S. Postal Service that started out 
carrying a mail, carry mail across the country on horseback. Right. And, and we are using it as an institution for getting information out to people. And the right. internet is the same way yeah. that, that we have, that what we've all, all we've tried to do. And that's kind of, it instills confidence in me that no matter what happens, everything will be okay because mm-hmm. I've learned how to make myself valuable to the community around me. And that's been my focus where that is an unshakable, that's an unshakable and, and independent um, operation. Mm-hmm. I get to do that. And, and no matter what happens around me, if I can make sure that that's my focus, I become valuable in the community and that, be, that make that value is, is intrinsic. And yeah. it's, it's amazing to be a part of that. Um, it's amazing to be a part of that with you, Haley. Thank you very much for, for joining us here on this Monday. We have, this is our definitely our longest show ever, uh, two hours uh, almost. Um, and you know, for anybody who has made it through, um, I think the, the first part of our conversation was, was pretty, um, pretty easygoing. And, and I don't know if, if we kept people's attention to get to the end of this, but I think the end of this was very, very revealing as to, to, uh, who we are as people, but, but also to that essence of, of what maybe can help somebody in their life. Because I think that's, that's at the end of the day, if we have helped somebody in their life, then our life is valuable. And we're, we're one of 7.8 billion people on the planet that are, are working together to do that. Um, so before I go, is there anything, how, how would you like to wrap this up and then we'll do our, our exit? Well, I don't think I have anything else to say to wrap it up just cause I, I, I think we've, we've talked a lot and I think if I bring up anything <sighs> else, we'll go down the, another rabbit hole. Um, but what I do want to say is that I think what would be, um, what would, what I think would be an interesting topic for us to address is how we got to be publishers of the, Pass Rebels Press and the Atascadero News, Paso Magazine and Colony Magazine, because it, it didn't come traditionally and it didn't come just because somebody gave it to us. It came from a lot of hard work and many, many years. Um, so I think in the next one, um, obviously next we'll have Monday, next Monday, I think we'll have other things that come up. But I think walking through, you know, my career path and, and how I got to the positions that I did um, was not all through education. It was a lot of hard work and a lot of determination and a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and the same thing with you and how you got to where you were. And I think having having kind of that background of, you know, just two kids that really just wanted to do something different mm-hmm. got to where we are today. And, well, and, and, and one little MySpace message, right? Two, two kids and a MySpace message for anybody who knows what MySpace is. Right. Um, but yeah, that, I think that's a great story. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's make that our focus for next okay. week, um, and we'll try to keep it. Uh, yes. within 45 minutes. Yes. Um, thank you all for joining us today. Uh, you can find this and other episodes at wethepeoplecast.com. Um, you can go to uh, Anchor FM, anchor.fm, and download the app and, and uh, listen to it from your phone. Uh, we have uh, the video at our YouTube channel. Um, so enjoy uh, your, your Monday, the rest of your Monday. And Happy we will Labor see you. Day. Happy Labor Day to you guys, um, uh, you know, sparking up the barbecue and, and enjoying what uh, what traditions and life that you have available to you. And uh, we will see you tomorrow uh, here at the uh, We the People podcast and uh, enjoy your day. Thank you so much for joining us.